guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We played a team that was playing very well, a team that always, always battles with us. Uh, and we were able to come out and, and show up and uh, have a couple of nice games against them uh, today, especially. It was, that, that was fun to watch. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, as this weather uh, turns on us and, you know, we get this it was a little rainy out there, but, you know, a lot better than some of the stuff we've been dealing with. Uh, I think those bats are coming alive, too. And welcome into our weekly edition as I take the. Let's say, where'd you the, go? It was a piece of paper. If you were watching that, I put my notes down and then, oh, there are my notes. And now my notes are off. You see? Very, very, very sly of me. Welcome in, as I'll try this again, to our weekly edition of uh, Talking Twins, Zolga, Jake DePew. Declan Goff is always executive producing the show and chiming in as well. Uh, and Jake, we just heard from Rocco Baldelli there. Twins take two of three from the Kansas City Royals, who uh, came in, I think, with the best record in baseball. When the series started on Friday, last time we talked last Monday, everything was falling apart. Our, our pets' heads were falling off. The Twins were a complete mess. They then lost another game. They then came back and won the series finale in Cleveland. Uh, and certainly after day off Thursday, looked like a much improved team against Kansas City. So how are you feeling right now about this club? And most importantly, the emergence of young Alex Kirilov, who I guess was prepared to hit in Major League Baseball after a very important stint in the in the um, temporary or in the site. Uh, the alternate site. The alternate site, thank you. It escaped my older mind in St. Paul because he didn't play games, but he is now. And I got to tell you, I love the swing. How, how do you feel as we start the show about the Twins right now compared to a week ago? Um, I mean, I certainly feel better than I did a week ago, just like everybody else. I still think uh, they have legitimate issues that they need to address. I think the bullpen, which we'll talk about, is one of them. Obviously, Maeda, who we're going to talk about as well, is another. But, um, you know, I mean, they're 10 and 16, and it's weird how, like, recency bias affects this. They've won three or four, so now we're all, you know, planning the parade. If if we had gone back to, you know, April 1st and said the Twins would be 10 and 16 – you know, we'd be in full panic mode. So um, obviously, you know, there is time. I thought Garver had an interesting quote after the game. I think it was yesterday. Um, Do, Do Young Park tweeted this out that uh, he was basically like, we need to win every series between now and the All-Star break, um, which I thought was, uh, you know, a good bit of self-awareness from him for sure. But, you know, that's what they need to do. They need, they, they're not probably, you know, going to go on a 10 or 15 game winning streak. I mean, that's possible, but I think, I think he's right. They need to just continue to win series and climb back to 500. So um, I'm still feeling not great overall, but, but better than, uh, than I was a week ago, but Kirilov yes. definitely excites me. I mean, he, he's the real deal. And, and we obviously knew that coming in and, and he hit so many balls hard uh, for outs, you know, the first week or so that he was up, I, I really wasn't concerned, even though he started like over 15 or whatever. But, man, he barrels a lot of balls. He just looks like a professional hitter. His swing is so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hitting four home runs, you know, in three games uh, in that Royals series, you know, he's not intimidated by starting pitching at all. So he, Twins fans should be really excited about Kirilov. Uh, I, I think he's going to provide better production than Eddie Rosario uh, out, out in left field. And, um, you know, he's uh, he seems like a very focused guy, kind of a no-nonsense guy. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. Uh, and just seems really, really focused on on baseball, and um, and it was a great debut for him. And and I do want to just say, and this is the last time on this podcast, I'll go on this rant. But um, you know, they called him up 
So there's a natural fit because Sano went on the IL, but they called him up right after his, you know, service time issues were, were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like one of two things basically have to be true. Either they totally misevaluated his talent, you know, in saying that he wasn't ready to start the season with the big league club, which obviously is not accurate. These guys know how talented he is and how good he is. Um, or they're hel- they held him down for service time manipulation. Uh, and so I think it's clearly the latter, even though I can't prove that and they would never say that. Uh, but if you think about how many close games they lost, you know, in the first three weeks of the year when Kirilov wasn't up and some of the hitters that were hitting in those, you know, extra inning games, uh, you know, Kirilov, if he if he changes one or two of those outcomes, that's a big deal. And, and that could come back, you know, if they do climb back into this thing and and they're in the wild card race or the division race last couple of weeks of the year, that could come back to haunt them. You know, and I just given that that there's going to be a new CBA. Um, and you know, I mean, who knows even what the state of the world is even going to be in 2027 when they get that extra year, you know, we might not even be playing baseball at that point. Um, I'm just kidding, but hopefully, uh, but I, I just, I thought it was ridiculous and, and it, it really did come back to bite them again because they had so many of these close losses and we're seeing what Kirilov can do. So, um, it, it's a mistake. Service time manipulation is a mistake. In my opinion, I get the logic, but I just disagree with it fundamentally. And um, they did it to Kirloff in my view and, and it's cost him, but he's up now and he's hitting really well. So first eight games up here, Kirloff, one fifteen. he d- drove in a run, went three for 26, by, by the way, to get to the one fifteen batting average, no home run, six strikeouts, n- no walks. The series against the Royals, Jake DePew, Four of twelve, four runs scored, nine runs driven in, a walk, six strikeouts again, and all four of his hits were home runs. There's something I like about him though. One is in those first eight games, he hit the ball really well. He didn't get some luck. I mean, that's going to happen. It's baseball. It never seemed to impact him. Like he's a young guy. He easily could have been like, "I can't buy a hit. What the hell? These shifts are killing me." Right? Like, like you see. Young players in all sports get flustered. He did not seem to. The second thing is, as fun as the home runs have been, I see that swing, and I don't just see power. I think that swing is beautiful. Like, like he's striking out a lot right now. I think that cuts down a bit, um, and he definitely uh, goes to the plate, Jake, with an approach. But I see that swing, and I just don't think power. I think this guy can play. He has an approach at the plate. I just think that for the future, there is a lot to like here, a lot. And it, it goes beyond home runs and and hot streaks. I think this guy is going to be a really impactful player and hit for a really long time. It's a, it's an absolutely gorgeous left-handed swing, for sure. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's, what, 23? Uh, you know, so, I mean, he he's not even close to his prime yet. Uh, and he was never a big strikeout guy in the minor. So I really don't think that's concerning. Um, I, I think that'll sort of regulate as the year goes on, but there's a ton to be excited about. And you can see now why, you know, prospect evaluators were so high on him. Um, you know, he didn't in 2019, he didn't hit for a ton of power. I think he had a wrist issue, but he still hit for a high average. He still got his walks. Um, so this guy, he's a professional hitter, you know, and unfortunately his defense Looks like it's pretty mediocre, so he is going to have to hit, uh, you know, to stick in the big leagues and and potentially be a star. But I just the sample size is small, but there's nothing I've seen to this point that would lead me to believe that he's not going to be, you know, a 300 type hitter with power. And and like you said, not just home runs, but gap to gap, 
you know, a lot of doubles. Good swings, man. Good swings are so much fun to watch. I love a good swing. Joe Bauer had the best one I think I've seen. Yeah, at least for at least Carew probably for me. Carew was great for a twin. Probably Carew. That was before my time, right? Right. But I'm just saying, a sweet swing is such a thing of beauty because it's it's hard to do. Like you don't just like. You're not just born with, uh, hey, we are all we all can swing a bat real well. I mean, some people hone it and have it, and I think this kid does. Now, you mentioned something that I want to talk about, because this is the next part of the Kirloff discussion that's going to get dicey. I think the Twins right now are buying time on this. I don't blame them. To be very clear, I agree with them, because I think they're probably trying to decide how best to do it. Alex Kirloff, in the field, you're right. It's a work in progress, okay? But, Jake, I think he has a lot better chance to turn himself into a guy that can play first base pretty well because I don't know that he can cover a ton of ground in left. Like, I just don't think he can, which is fine. I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. But my point is, I think if you were to work with him in first base, he could turn himself into a pretty good player there. And there are directions that you can go with him there. And I don't see any need to rush Sano back. And I think long-term, and by that, I'm talking 2022, I think that Kirloff... 2022? ...is a first baseman. We're all going well, to be sitting at home in 2022. Okay, I'm just saying as soon as possible, long, long-term, long not being 2024 or 5, I'm saying I think that Alex Kirloff is your first baseman, not an outfielder. And I think that the sooner that's accepted, you can move on and probably be in a better spot. All of this is a long-winded way of saying Miguel Sano is coming back, but I don't think he needs to play a ton. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Sano. I mean, you know, obviously you can, like you said, you can put Kirilov in left, but he just doesn't have much range out there based on on what I've seen and, and what you've seen, it sounds like. So um, I think he is better suited for first base. And I think, you know, the, the plan moving forward, uh, and obviously I was kidding about 2022, half kidding. You're, Hopefully no, there's, you might be right. I mean, I mean, yeah. I might stand well, corrected there. They might not play baseball. They, they might not. But let's let's be optimistic for a second and assume sure. they are. I think in 2022, you move Sano to DH, which is kind of the track he's been heading on um, all along. Uh, and Kirilov is your starting first baseman. Kirilov isn't great over there yet by any means. He has made some smooth plays. He's made a couple. Of, uh, he didn't pick an, an Andrelton Simmons throw that was pretty easy uh, in the game yesterday. Yes, uh, it wasn't. It was not an in between hop. That was not a hard play. So he's got some more to do over there. But I think he'll. I think he'll get better just based on what we know about him and his work ethic. Uh, and then you can move Sano to DH. But as far as this year. Yeah, I don't. Uh, how are you going to get Miguel Sano at bats? You know, I mean, he's been terrible against lefties. That, that's small a, sample that's size. the problem, though. Yeah, it's two yeah, years so now. Though. Yep, it You're is. Right. It is, and it's still it's still less than a hundred at bat, fewer than a hundred at bats. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to do a natural platoon if Sano can't can't hit lefties. So I, I don't know if he's going to be a bench bat. I mean, that sort of doesn't make sense because he's a guy that needs tons <laughs> of at bats to get going. So like. I'm glad that they're keeping him in St. Paul and just giving him a huge, you know, a, a ton of at bats there. But I don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, I, you know, it'll probably these things generally work themselves out naturally with, you know, all it takes is one Donaldson, you know, calf strain or hamstring strain or whatever, uh, and you don't have to worry about this. But, but in the short term, I don't know what they're going to do with him. 
I mean, what would you do? I mean, you, he has to come back to the roster. Yeah, so, I, mean, I wouldn't start him. Like, you just have him be a, a pinch a hitter. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Be- because yeah. If, if I put Kirloff back in left and Polanco's at second, Arise can't play, and I'm going to play him. So so if my decision is Sano or Arise, that's easy. Arise yes. plays. So, like, there's yeah. no so, – so, like, Kirloff going to left doesn't fix my problem. Because my problem is, unless I want to bench Polanco sometimes, um, which I guess I guess you can do on occasion, but that's not my desire. So yeah, Sano is unfortunately a bench bat. Because because like, yeah, but Jake, like, I, am I really going to bring him back, play him, and like hope for for that Miguel hot streak? Because that would be the reason to play him would, would be like, well, he's going to hit this hot streak, right? Like June for two weeks. I don't know. It seems to me that you're going to get a lot more consistency from Kirloff, Arise, um, being in the lineup on a daily basis than like holding your breath on, Sano's going to get hot, and when he does, it's going to be incredible. Right. The, I generally agree with you, but but he does get hot. Mm-hmm. Like we know that he gets hot. He goes on these two week stretches where he carries an offense. If, if he's a bench bat, uh, you might never get there. You know, You're like right. if he's getting, if he's getting eight to 10 at bats a week, like he, he might just never figure it out. And he hits under 200 for the year and it's just a wasted season. But um I don't know because you, I would, like you said, I'd rather have a rise in there. Uh, Polanco has been struggling. So you could maybe argue, you know, taking him out uh, a, a little bit more, but, I think they're in a tough spot with Sano, and, and and I didn't really understand the extension at the time, uh, and certainly it's not looking great now. But they're paying him a lot of money, you know, so he's 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 gonna he's gonna get some at bats. I mean, they're sure. gonna get him in there. Uh, but you know, it's a good problem to have, obviously, to have too many options. But I I don't I I just kind of give up with Miguel Sano at this point. Like I I don't know what to do with him anymore. Like he. He's this talented guy. He goes on these hot streaks where you think, my God, this guy's one of the best hitters in the league. But he just he just can't do it consistently, and he has so much trouble making contact. Um, and, and his defensive value is minimal now that he's at first. Like, yeah, I guess you just have to – What's your best team? Him on the, What's your best team? My, so, so, so flat out, you know, forget mm-hmm. names. If you are you have to win one game. Rocco and Derek and Thad, what is your who are your best nine or eight players? Yep, uh, Garver behind the plate, Kirilov at first, uh, Arise at second, uh, uh, no, Arise and left, Polanco at second, yep. Simmons short, Donaldson at third, Buxton in center, Kepler in right. Yep, and then Cruz obviously. Is I think first. that's the question. Like I think that's the question as opposed to. Uh, paychecks and as opposed to talent that you think might be there or hot streaks that might be coming, but they might not be. Yeah. I, I think the question that you, because Garver's not wrong. Like you could make a case that this team needs to win series into July, just series, which is hard to do. Um, What's going to give you the best chance. And, and right now, Jake, the thing we keep coming back to, before he got hurt with Miguel was what? Well, he walks a lot. Okay, that's not his role. Like, that's not something to be excited about. Um, so I think you're right. I, I think the eight that you just named, plus, of course, Cruz as your DH, is your best team on a regular basis that gives you a chance to win series. Yep. 
and again, it'll work itself out. One of these guys will get injured, obviously, at some point. It's just inevitable. And then you put Snow back in there, and, and maybe he does get hot. But um, I, I think I think we're we're past the point of, like you said, like it, you know, I did bring up the point that he's getting paid a lot, but I think we're past that point of like he needs to play because he's getting paid a lot or because he's still a, a young guy. Like he is who he is right now. You play him when he's hot, um, but he has to prove it. You know, he's not just guaranteed a spot anymore. Uh, not, not with Kirilov emerging and, and Arise being able to play all these different positions. Bullpen. It was a disaster. It still has problems. Colome now is being used in. Is he now being used correctly? Because, I mean, Rocco t- talked about dialing down the pressure and then immediately brought him into a game that the Twins tra- uh, trailed by a run in Cleveland and it, it went off the tracks. Uh, the Twins' bullpen. If you had to give it a confidence ranking right now, one to ten, what would that figure be? Uh, a three. I, I'm not confident in the Twins bullpen right. Now. I mean, how many guys are are really pitching well? You know, Taylor Rogers is pitching well. Duffy, his velo is down right now. Hopefully, he gets it back as the weather warms up. Um, but he has not looked like. You know, completely dominant. It's been, since, it's been down since spring training, though. Explain that one to me. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. Um, and so that's a concern, you know, because the last two years, he was one of the best relievers in the league. And if he's not that guy anymore and he's more the, you know, 2017, 18 Duffy, who was solid, but not, you know, dominant. Yep. Um, that's a problem. Uh, and, you know, Hansel Robles, he gets a lot of strikeouts, but he's a bit of a high wire act out there. He walks a lot of guys. I, when he comes into a game, I don't feel particularly confident that it's going to be a shutdown inning. Um, and, and then obviously Colome, you know, has been beyond bad. And it, it was funny. He pitched that scoreless inning in that, that blowout on Saturday. And I, I didn't watch that live. And I was like, oh, he pitched a score. I looked at the box. I said, pitch a scoreless inning. I'm going to go back and watch it. Single, like 100 mile an hour line out, 100 mile an hour line out, 100 mile an hour line out. It might be gone. He, I, it might be I, gone. I think, I, I think it might be, but I don't think you DFA him if he'll take uh, an, a, you know, a, a fake IL stint and, and you can send him to, to St. Paul to try to get right. Because this guy has sure. such a long track record, you yeah. know? But, 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 but that, that can be a bad thing, too. I know, I know. And, and you know, the, the Twins, the front office didn't fully address the bullpen. They lost a lot of guys. Like, Robles was, was really bad last year. You know, Colome, obviously regression was coming. We never thought it would be to this point. Um, so I think they either need to sign Shane Green, who's the best uh, fr- free agent reliever still out there, or make a trade. We've, we have seen quite a few uh, early season trades in MLB this year. Uh, so I, I, they could make a trade. Otherwise, you're going to have to start calling kids up who, who aren't experienced. But I don't think this can go on much longer because, you know, Alcala, Alcala has a lot of potential. He's still a little bit wild. Theobar's been, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of strikeouts. He's also given up a lot of hard contact. So this is not a good situation. They're thin right now, and, and mm-hmm. Colome, uh makes it a lot worse. What's your – what do you guys – how do you feel about the bullpen? What's your confidence rating? Uh, yours is a three. My, yeah. Mine right now is probably about a four, and here's why. The guys that they want to count on the most, and Rocco will use them. I mean, he continues to aren't consistently – coming close to getting it done. And that's my concern because Rocco's going to go back to the same. It's going to be, it's going to take a while. Like he's not going to pull the plug. Um, I mean, heck I'm, the, the whole thing with Colome last week amazed me. I mean, Baldelli said, we're going to use him in low leverage situations. We're going to dial down the pressure. And I'm like, Oh, really smart about time. Right. 
and he brought him into a one-run game. Now, granted, the Twins were down by one, but that's still a winnable game, and he melted down. And it's like, oh, what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. He stinks right now. So I'm at about a four. Um, it just doesn't. Sometimes bullpens start to gel and work, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. they don't. And, like, everything that, that they tried to do with uh, Dominic before they sent him down today didn't really work. Uh, it's just, it feels like, it feels like they don't have a feel for this bullpen. And too many guys that they really want to rely on are failing them. And I don't know, to your point, you know, trade or possibly signing a guy, I don't know when that move comes, but it feels like if they're going to do it, they should do it really soon. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say at about a five right now. I'm at a, I'm at a five, and a, that is majority to do with Taylor Rogers. And what I, what's 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 baffling too is it just seems like like Rogers has barely been out there. Like I, I feel like I yep. don't see him nearly enough. He's only faced I have the baseball reference up right now. He's only faced 35 batters, guys that have faced more batters than Taylor Rogers already. Caleb Thielbar, 46. Randy Dobnik, 64. Alex Colomay, 51. Hansel Robles, 41. Like, your most effective reliever is being used the least right now. And if we want to be done with, hey, we don't have closers. We don't we don't name a closer. I'd rather Taylor Rodgers, like, assume, and this is just my unhealthy obsession with Josh Hader, but assume, like, the Josh Hader role of, like, I'm going to be the number one fireman out of this bullpen and, like, good luck hitting my stuff. Yeah, Rodgers doesn't have the stuff that Hader has. Hader has elite-level stuff. Rodgers is obviously probably a step down from that. But at this point, if you're the Twins, like, I'm not in the market for trading for a starter. Every Twins fan, every All-Star break, get a starter, get a starter, get a starter. I'd rather, like, go out and try to get another firearm reliever to try to pair with those two and then basically make it a matchup game in the last five innings. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. They need to acquire somebody else. And and here's my issue with with the front office. If your whole philosophy is that you're not going to pitch starters deep into the games, right? And they still haven't had a starter throw a hundred pitches at a game or a debate. Yeah. A starter has their own. If that's your whole philosophy, then you better have a damn good pen yes. and you better have yeah. a deep pen, you know, and, and, and they don't. And even going into the season, I did, I, I thought it was an issue. We talked about it on the season preview show that um, we, we all kind of were concerned about that, but yeah, you better have a lockdown pen. If you're going to, if you're going to pull starters all the time, uh, and and so it's cost them games. There's no question in my mind that's that's cost them two or three games at least this year. Absolutely, uh, at least. And, and so yeah. So I just I don't understand this philosophy. Like your pen stinks right now. So throw Barrios out there for an extra inning, or or Hap or Maeda or you know fill in the blank. Um, and they won't do it. And you know I mean Rocco forgot how many mound visits oh, they had in an inning. I mean that yep. was really with Barrios. That was really that, that was bad. a bizarre. That was really bizarre. I mean, I've never seen that before. I've watched a lot of baseball in my life, and I've never seen that before. I don't. How does nobody in the in the dugout say, you know, as he's going out there? It was Rocco, really, we don't have a mound visit. It was like, really weird. It was really was, really weird. I have no idea. You know, and again, I, I I like Rocco. Every single podcast I've said the phrase. I like Rocco, but I like Rocco. But he didn't really even take that much accountability for that. He said, it's on me, but I'd rather talk about what happened in the game than that. And I was doing something else. He he said I was doing something else, so I I basically didn't see it. It was very weird. Like, it... To me, it, to me, it was just a part of what's what was wrong at that point with, like, the Twins just don't seem... There, there's been large stretches of the spring where this team doesn't seem to be there. Like, they're not all engaged. It's very weird, and I don't know what... And 
it feels like it might be changing now. So for, for their sake, I certainly hope it is. But it just feels like there's been games, you guys, and situations and times where from Rocco on down, there's a lack of engagement in the game that I can't explain. And that and that was probably like the poster child moment of what just happened. And he's like, you know, it, it was just weird. Yeah, I mean, you, you, a major league manager cannot. It's like forgetting how many outs there are on defense, yeah. you know. Uh, it, it, that just can't happen. It, it just can't happen. Um, and you're right. I think that was that was a low point, and that was kind of the 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 culmination of a month of uh, a lot of really bizarre, some very unlucky um, things happening to the Twins, but also just a, a lack of of. I don't, it's not preparation, I don't think, but just a lack of of a coherent strategy when it comes to to managing the pen. So speaking of pitching and starting pitching, let's turn to that for a second. How much longer do you, Jake DePew, continue with the Matt Shoemaker experiment? Because I'm just about done. What, th- three and a third on Saturday, 13 to three loss. Twins never had a chance. He gave up, I think, nine runs, eight earned, something like, what, eight hits. Um, he works incredibly slow. He has struggled. Now, he says, I often struggle at the start, and, and he has been a guy previously who has battled injuries and the like, so I get all that. Uh, but I don't know how long you go down this path. Like the twins love to sign guys like this, which I'm actually okay with. But I think you also then in turn have to cut the cord and not say, well, we signed him. Let's give him a long shot here. I mean, playing behind this guy, first of all, would drive me batty. Like you can't work that slow. But second of all, if you're going to get rocked and I'm playing behind you, I am really out so i'm just about done if he has one more bad start i probably say okay dude bullpen maybe i don't know i don't care but i'm gonna get somebody else in to serve in that starting role yeah and i think that's why they optioned dobnik today obviously you know to get him stretched out he's not going to pitch out of the bullpen in st paul i mean that there's only one reason they did that and that's to get him stretched out to potentially replace shoemaker so i would probably give him two more starts um here's one of the problems though Jahan Duran and Jordan uh, Belazovic, they're both hurt. And that that, that news just only came out recently. Neither of those guys are starting the season uh, on the active roster in AAA or or AA. Um, Belazovic hurt his back and Duran, I I forget uh, exactly what the injury was. I just tweeted out um, his video that Fort Myers, I think play-by-play guy, took of him pitching uh, to, to Twins hitters down there. So like these guys are weeks away, probably months away from being able to join the team and really help. And that's their top two pitching prospects. So they don't have a ton of depth. Obviously you can plug Dobnik in there. Um, and Lewis Thorpe is an option as well. But are you, are you that much more confident in either of those oh, guys? Than Matt no. Shoemaker? no. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't just release Shoemaker given the, the yeah. lack of depth in the pen. I'd, I'd, I'd say, Matt, you've been a starter your whole life. We're paying you 2 million bucks. Yep. You've been really bad as a starter. See if you can work it out in the pen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the leash is is pretty short, and I think I think that's obvious from from what they're doing with with Dobnik. But mm-hmm. but I really thought you know Duran would be an option you know by by May or or June, and and it doesn't sound like that's really the case. And Belzovic, I, I don't know that we'll see him at all um, this year. So it, it are I mean, they have some some good depth, I guess. Um, but the number five spot is is a is a problem right now. Yeah. So Jake, tell me this: How soon? Do you 
think that you need to see some of these young arms start to come up and emerge and help the big league club. Because the whole thing with Derek coming from Cleveland was what? Oh, he finds pitching, he cultivates pitching, and we got, and I mean, Cleveland does that. They do to this day. They've got some incredible arms, and like they replace guys and jettison starters, and then they have new starters who are good. Um, what's the timetable now? Pretty far in from the time that Derek got the Twins job initially. What's the timetable now for some of these? I'm not talking about guys signed off the street. I'm talking about young arms that they've drafted or that we've talked about for a while to start to come up and actually contribute because it feels it feels like we're not getting that bang for our buck. Yeah, and I think that's a legitimate, fair criticism of Falvey that that was sort of his M.O. when he came to the Twins that he was, you know, uh, developing all these starters in Cleveland. And, I'm, and he obviously was involved in that process, but they continue to develop starters in Cleveland and, and turn them into aces like Bieber. And we really haven't seen that with the Twins. You know, Barrios has, has gotten, I guess, you know, better in his time. But, but um, you know, he, he, he sort of plateaued, I think, as kind of a number two guy. Maybe he can make the leap this year. Other than that, who have they really developed? You know, Taylor Rogers, Duffy, some guys in the pen for sure. But we haven't seen starters really get developed during the Falvey Levine regime and come up and pitch really well. Duran and Belazovic are, are the next two guys. Again, they're both hurt. I think we could, we could see Duran later in the summer. Other than that, um, I don't think there's anybody super close. Winder, um, Josh Winder starting the year at double a, he's, he's a guy that could potentially make an impact maybe late in the year, sure. but we're not seeing that same Cleveland pipeline type of situation happen in Minnesota. And I, I think that's disappointing given Falvey's calling card. You know, I mean, if you look at their rotation, it's they've got a lot of veterans, you know, Shoemaker, Jay Happ, uh, Maeda, that they either traded for or signed yep. um, from other teams. So, yeah, it's and, a problem. And I don't want to see, so I'm tired of, well, he he uh, just came up and so we're, we're going to coddle this guy, right? Alcala. Like, we're going to coddle him and put him in this low leverage situations that Rocco loves and stuff. I want to see guys contribute. So, like, I don't want to see, like, I don't understand why we're not getting quicker transitions to last year. We we didn't put pressure on, which is fine. This year we're going to. And that's my point about the bullpen. It's like they're constantly going out and trying to sign veteran guys to put in the situations that your young arms should eventually take and run with, right? But But it seems like the Twins are, as far as pitching goes, constantly coddling guys. And... If you watch Cleveland, what they do is what? They bring a guy up, ease him in possibly at first, and then it's go time. Twins pitching, I can't figure out when it's go time. It always seems like it's uh, let's dial it down on this guy and let's bring in this 37-year-old righty that we signed. Like, no, that's not, that's not, no, no, no. You want to have these guys develop, partially because they're on cheap contracts too, develop and contribute uh and experience pressure, and hopefully succeed. And it feels like the Twins are anti that. Yep, and Alcala is a perfect example. You know, Alcala was a starter. They traded for him. He was a starting pitching prospect and started, you know, through 2019. uh, And they essentially just gave up on him. They couldn't develop him as a starter. And uh, he has potential out of the pen, but obviously a pen guy is, is far less valuable than an elite starter. But, yeah, I mean, there isn't one guy. Uh, you know, they, they took over in 2000, they got the job in November, 2016, I believe. Uh, and there isn't one guy, one starter who's come up 
and been developed by them uh, that that's made an impact. And meanwhile, Cleveland continues. Yes. You know, Aaron Savali, Tristan McKenzie, Bieber's an ace. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Falvey needs to needs to for all the and Rocco needs to done, use them. But I mean, they well, yeah. turn them loose. Sure. Yes. And Alcala's Alcala's gonna they're gonna have to turn them loose. They don't have any other option at this point. Um, but yeah, we need to start seeing some of these guys. I, I hope we see Duran this year. Um, but you know, Fernando Romero is another example. Like, yes. What what the hell happened to Fernando Romero? He, he was the guy. He had some he was issues. The guy. He had some, he had some issues yeah, yeah. off the field. But I mean, that is the type of thing. It, it's remarkable when, when you say that November of 2016, and you still don't have a guy that's come up and been like, "Oh my God, you found somebody really good." It, instead, yeah. it's like, "Please welcome Jay Happ." Okay, that's fine. He's nice, but he's my age. Shoemaker, yep. basically my age. It's like, no, that's not what you want. Like, I can find people to find guys off scrap heaps. You're developing exactly. guys. Develop guys. Make trades for guys. That's fine. Um, all right. So the good news is this. Next seven games. Speaking of, of the potential to win series, multiple series. Next seven games. A four-game set against the Rangers starts uh, tonight as we record this on Monday at Target Field. Rangers are in last place in the American League West. And then you get the 8-21 and 21 Detroit Tigers over the weekend in Detroit. I know baseball is weird, and I know it's not predictable, so I'm guaranteeing nothing, but this would be a good time to go on a prolonged hot streak. Oh, yeah, they need it. Um, and, and I do feel more confident going into these seven games than I have since the beginning of the year that, that they're starting to figure it out. The Rangers, you know, part of the, part of the, the, the issue is it's not when you or it's, I'm sorry, it's not the teams you play. It's when you play them. The Rangers just took three or four from, from Boston. So they're playing good baseball right now. I don't think it's a guarantee the twins will win that series, but they need to, I mean, they need to take three out of four. Uh, we're going to see Gibby back at target field on Tuesday. Oh, he's uh, going to labor. He's going to labor. He's going to nibble. nibble baby. He's going to throw it a first 18 times for one batter. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a series they need to, they need to win three out of four. I think three, Texas has three right-handed starters that are uh, that are going. So Kirloff is going to get a lot of at bats. Um, yeah, and, and then they need to go. You know, take two out of three at least from Detroit. So this is a critical stretch. We say this all the time, but when you're when you've dug as deep a hole as the Twins have dug, they're all critical stretches. But when you're playing these losing teams, you, you, you've got to make up some serious ground now. Byron Buxton. All right. So our weekly Byron Buxton appreciation because he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, what what more what more can we say? And I'll start with you because I I was afraid. I, I think we were recording last week when Declan came on the mic and said that Buxton was mm-hmm. not going to play. And I think we then, not very nicely, joked that it would probably be about two weeks before we saw him play again. He came back very quickly. Um, and watching him again against KC. It is remarkable. He what, robbed a home run, made a diving catch, continues to smoke the baseball. This guy, if he can have any semblance of health, is going to get paid and deserve every penny, provided he can stay healthy. I mean, he is legitimately the best player in baseball right now. That, statistically, yeah. he has been the best player. He 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 has a high. If you're into analytics or advanced stats, he has a higher WAR than Trout. He has more home runs than Trout. Who, that's the only guy who's really statistically close to him. And he's playing platinum glove center field, like you said, robbing home runs, making diving catches. 
this guy takes over games in a way that's very, very difficult for any baseball player to do. You know, you just don't have the impact in baseball that you do in basketball or hockey, uh, but he's, or football as a quarterback, but yeah. he's managed to do it, man. I mean, he is single-handedly winning some of these games. It's incredible to watch. And, you know, he's not striking out either. He, there was an at-bat he had against Brady Singer in that Friday game. And Singer's a good pitcher. Singer threw a perfect breaking ball, r- low and away, right on the outside corner. And Buxton turned it around and lashed a single to left field. You know, that's a pitch that, um, you know, the last few years, even when he was hitting well, he would probably strike out on or, or, or swing and miss or whatever. Yes. Like, he's, he's making contact with everything. He's not getting fooled. It's just coming so easy for him. And I just... I'm so happy for the I'm happy for Twins fans, but I, I'm happy for Buxton, man. I really am. Like, I, there's nobody on this roster I'd rather see have success than him. And uh, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be top three MVP. I mean, a, a potential winning the MVP if the Twins turn around and, and win the division or make the playoffs. I mean, that's how good he's been. He better win April Player of the Month. Uh, you know, I, I know, like, who really cares about that? I, I'm sure Buxton cares. You know, I'm sure that would uh, be something that, that, that he would like, even if the rest of us don't really think that much about it. But regardless, he's been exceptional. Just except like he's playing at such a high level. I I look forward to every at bat, every ball that's hit to him. And, you know, he's playing through these knee issues and these hamstring issues and still beating out, you know, you know, choppers to second, making covering an enormous amount of ground in the outfield. He's just, I, I, I can't get enough of the guy. I gotta hope he stays healthy. Oh, me too. And the thing about it is, so the appreciation I I think that I have the most for him right now is this. It is remarkable to realize, to watch his, um, to to the point that you're talking about, his at-bats and the approach, right? And four years ago, this guy was lost at the plate, or five years ago. I mean, he was, it was baffling. Like, he was swinging at stuff, and you were like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And I mean, there was a prolonged period where I just thought if he hits 260, we should all be thankful. And now fast forward to today and what you're saying, Jake, and to watch him turn the ball around and to watch his approach and to watch his just confidence um, and ability at the plate. It's so much more fun because it's the same guy and it doesn't even begin, you know, like it's not like it was, uh, oh, I could see that five years back. I couldn't see that. Could you? Like he looked lost. He had no idea. He had no approach at times. He was, you know, trying to take in the advice he got from everybody and their brother. And you could see his mind spinning at the plate and he's swinging at crap. And you're like, dude, you are as lost as can be. And now you see it. And it's so much fun because he looks like such an accomplished um, player at the plate now. And his hitting approach is just so darn good. Um, It's hard. It's hard not to be happy for him, but it's also remarkable to watch that transformation because you know what? Ordinarily, I think this ordinarily a guy who hits as well as he is right now, you don't see having looked that bad, right? Right. Like ordinarily it's like, I'm not saying the guys don't improve. They, they do, but you name me, who's the last guy that you could say that you saw play for the twins who just looked completely like crap. And then in a period of time, looked phenomenal at the plate. That's a really good like, question. Kirby was always Kirby. He swung at everything, but he always hit it. Yeah. I mean, when Morneau first came up in 2003, he really struggled. Um, 
and 2006, he was about to get sent down and then turned around and won the MVP. But mm-hmm. he was like really bad through June. So, but but that but those weren't these you know year long stretches that that Buxton's had. I can't think of one off the top of my head that's that's at that level of of um, you know just being see, seeming baffled at the plate. To, to what he is now. And isn't it weird to look back at 2015, as we've talked about when, you know, Sano was taking these unbelievable at bats and laying off pitches. And he seemed like the guy that was going to evolve into this incredible hitter and Buxton seemed totally lost. And it's just, they've both done a total 180. Um, but yeah, I mean, his improvement has been remarkable. I, I, he's a really hard worker, you know, from everything I know about him. Yes, um, definitely. He, he, he cares a lot. He's passionate. He's a hard worker yep. and he's willing to, to listen to people, as you pointed out, sometimes to to a, a fault, you know. I think there were times early in his career when he was listening to too many people. Rousen got a hold of him. I think Rousen really helped uh, uh, change him for the better. Final thoughts, sir, before we wrap this episode of Talking Twins up. Well, do you want to really quick talk about Maeda? Because my oh, Aida, sure. this is a problem. Um, I guess this can be our, my final thought. But uh, you know. If if the Twins weren't so bad, if they were a 500 team, mm-hmm. we'd be talking about Maeda a lot more. I mean, he's looked pretty bad. His ERA is almost seven. He doesn't seem like he has any command. He's giving up a lot of home runs. Um, it's still early in the year, and he has a, a long track record. And he's not he's not old. You know, he's not in his mid to late 30s. So I don't know what's going on with him. Um, but this would be a bigger story if it if it weren't for all of these other calamities. Uh, he he needs to start figuring it out. You know, he's a, a huge key to the success of this team he's a big part of what they do and if he can't get his era back down into the threes um it's hard to see them contending even with as well as barrios is pitching past two starts he has uh surrendered 12 runs he has a 656 era on the season and will start monday against texas um the one thing the one thing and i was super impressed by him last year is i wonder if there is a medium between the struggles of 2021 and how he pitched in 2020. Like if if we expected too much, uh, and he can't be this bad, but I wonder if if there's somewhere in between those two those two things where he's gonna slot in, which is entirely possible. Right. And his career ERA is right around four, a little maybe three point eight five, something like that. Uh so that is more likely what he is, but um, he needs to figure it out quickly, you know, because again, t- t- it's, it feels weird to say this in May, but time is sort of running out in the sense that they need to be competitive by the trade deadline or a lot of these guys are going to go, you know? Um, and so that's, I think that's where Garver was coming from when he was like, we need to win every series between now and the all-star break. You can't be, you know, five to 10 games under 500, eight games back at the deadline and, uh, and expect the, the, the team to, to buy. You know, we saw that in 2018. Oh, and they won't. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about the Twins buying if they're 8 to 10 back. Right, exactly. So, I mean, they really have to figure this out quickly. And and so, Baeda has to be a a big part of it. Yeah, so hopefully he'll he'll get it going uh, tonight. All right, sir. Thank you. Talk to you next week, okay, Jake DePew? All right, thanks, guys. All right, we'll talk to you later on Talking Twins. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.